0: The content of the Tandem Radio program and website is intended for general information purposes only. It's not designed to provide listeners with specific and personal financial, legal, counseling, professional service, or other advice. The views expressed by show hosts, their guests, and callers are their own and should not be construed in any way as opinions of Tandem Radio or the Bridge FM network.
2: We want to welcome all of our radio and global internet listeners to the
4: program. And now, here's our host, Glenn DeLakey. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward, you will take me into glory, says Psalm 7324. Good morning, and welcome to Tandem Radio Live, the good news on business here on the Bridge FM radio stations, and also broadcasting live on the internet at tandemradio.com. I'm your host, Glenn DeLakin, here every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you the good news on business. And uh, our goal of our show is to help business people realize that uh, all the answers you need are also in the Bible for your business, not just for your personal life. And the goal is to help you walk in integrity every day. Each week, we bring in different guests to talk about business topics. Today is kind of a unique topic, the business side of church planting. And if you're wondering what that means, you're in the right place to find out for sure, because our guests today know this topic very well. And our guests are Pastor George Russ, the Executive Director of the Metropolitan New York Baptist Association, and Steve Allen, who is the lead... Church planter catalyst with the North American Mission Board's Send New York City team. And we're going to be talking to both of them during the show today. So you're in the right place at the right time, and uh, we hope you're excited and ready to learn some things that God has in store for you and some things that will help your business as well. As we do each week, God puts scriptures on my heart, and uh, many times they're crystal clear related to the show, and many times uh, I don't have any idea why He gave me that scripture, but you know what? It always ties in in the end because we let Him guide the show, and we're going to have some fun today and uh, have our guests on and just talk about a lot of things that I think will really uh, move you and uh, allow you to take something home th- tonight that you can study on over the weekend and Monday morning, use it fresh, and bring some good news to your business as well. So welcome. Let's start off with the Scriptures, and then we'll get to our guest. And the first Scripture is Psalm one. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. The second scripture is Luke 14, 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? And then the third scripture for today is Acts 9:31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Again, we're talking today about the business side of church planning, and we have two men in the studio today that know that very well. first one is Pastor George Russ, who uh, uh, was my pastor for several years and moved on to a higher position as the Executive Director of the Metropolitan New York Baptist Association, and I cherish our friendship very much. And also Steve Allen, who's a relatively new friend. We've known each other for a little while. And Steve is the lead church planter catalyst with the North American Mission Board's send new york city team so let's start off with steve this morning steve welcome and um why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself
5: thanks glenn uh my wife and i live in union county new jersey okay uh, we attend church in morris county new jersey we've been uh, residents of the, of the new york city metro now for about eight years and i have three children in uh, the fanwood scotch Plains school system
4: okay and that must keep you busy alone Absolutely. right <laughs> and then on top of that you're running around and you're carrying a title like we church planter catalyst
5: Yeah, absolutely. We're all over the metro. Uh, Really, just wherever there are new churches needed, that's where uh, I invest myself in my efforts.
4: That's great. We're going to dig into that today. And Pastor George, why don't you tell our audience about what you're doing these days at the uh, Metropolitan New York Baptist Association?
3: Well, thank you, Glenn. It's good to be back with you, and good to see you. And I cherish our friendships uh, so much. Thank you. I have the privilege of working with about 230 churches within a 75-mile radius of uh, Times Square. Wow. From all nations and all cultures, and helping them to achieve their God given vision. Of reaching their peoples for
4: for Jesus Christ. One of these days we have to do a show on just all the cultures because I yeah. know you have some. Uh, we're not going to go there today because i will take the whole show. It, it could. But I know you have some great stories. I always chuckle about and uh, you know about uh, the cultural differences between the churches, mm-hmm. but uh, they all have the same thing in common: our Lord and Savior. And that's, that's right. That's great stuff. Well, I want to thank you both for being here because uh, I know you've both been involved with church planting. I know that uh, Steve, his his career right now is focused on church planting, and sometimes people say. What is church planting? So, Steve, why don't we start there? I mean, it's an interesting term. I think if you're really deep in the Word, you'll probably understand it. But if uh, you're a new Christian or maybe even not a Christian, um, I want you to realize that there's going to be some business talk today and realize that it's going to relate to church planting, but it's going to also impact you and your business. So let's start, Steve, with talking about what is church planting?
5: Great question. Uh, You know, when you think of the New York City metro, you don't often think of planting anything uh, although uh, there's plenty that's green here and plenty, that's gro- plenty that grows. Um, but uh, church planting, it's really an agrarian meta- metaphor uh, for uh, entrepreneurship in uh, the Christian church market. Mm. And uh, so really what a uh, big part of my role is, again, trying to assess where we're lacking in uh, evangelical Christian uh, access to churches and to seek to implant that in those communities and amongst those peoples. And so it's really uh, working with those who want to be involved in entrepreneuring new churches, starting new churches and communities in the New York city metro.
4: I love that you brought that term into this because that's what our show is all about. Entrepreneurs. You know, it it brought to mind real quick a question specifically, Pastor Jordan, I'm going to throw this out at you. you. Yeah, I tend to, and I'm just thinking from my perspective, when you say church planning, we need more churches. We talked about that before we started. Most people, I don't think, would think the United States need more churches. So, Pastor George, from that perspective, give me your thoughts on that. Why do we need to plant more churches?
3: Well, it's an interesting question when you see a lot of church buildings thinking that we might need any more. But at a conference we had a few, a few days ago in New York City, we were looking at people groups that don't have many much access to the to the gospel. Mm. And in one one people group in New York City metro, if we had uh, a church of 100 people to meet that population need, we need 25 churches just for that people group alone. Hmm. So, even though there's a lot of buildings and a lot of Christian presence, there's a lot, not a lot of access to the gospel for lots of different
4: types of people within our within our area. Hmm. Well, we've I appreciate that and that makes a lot of sense because there's still a lot of people out there that don't go to church and I wonder how much that has to do with not having a church available to them. I mean, do you find that, Steve, that that's a big reason?
5: Yeah, absolutely. And when people think of access to the gospel, it's not just about uh, having a church building within traveling distance. It's about having a near-culture uh, Christian community where uh, a, a family from anywhere in the world or anywhere in the country who happens to be living here might be able to go and feel uh, comfortable and in their native context, in their uh, own culture, in their own, uh, you know, worship in a way that's preferable to them. And so, you know, it's really the accessibility question. It's about um, language issues. It's about cultural issues. It's about context issues. It's about socioeconomics. It's about uh, providing uh, as few barriers to a uh, comfortable Christian community as possible.
3: Mm. And glad there are some places in New York City where we talk about having a church within walking distance. So, mm-hmm. right. you know, in some communities you think, you know, you drive and you go to a parking lot, but in New York in New York City, you may, you may have to have churches where people can walk to. Right. So think about how many more you would need if that's that's the that's the image you use. Mm.
4: And from a business perspective, the word demographics jumps into me, you know, I mean, sure. when when you're out there in your business, you obviously want to find the target market. And, and if you're a sharp business owner, you're looking for all the niches in within uh, what you're offering, you know, so so here we are doing the same thing. We're kind of looking for those pockets, right, to fill in. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, let's back up for a second, and I want to ask both of you th- this question. Why a career in ministry, all right? Um, I, I'm sure you've had you had a lot of options on the table, a lot of different things that you've done. Let, let's go back to that for a second, and then we'll get back into the church planning. So, Steve, let's start with you real quick. Why? What made you decide that you're going into ministry? Sure. I mean,
5: uh, right, uh, honestly, when I was a very young man, I felt uh, called, uh, felt you know that God wanted me to pursue a career in ministry, so I tended... Uh, out of southeastern Oklahoma, where I grew up, uh, attended a seminary, a ministry training school in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, my day job uh, at some point became uh, appliance maintenance. And so <laughs> while I was a student, I was doing uh, uh, a number of different jobs. But this uh, one in particular led me into an, uh, you know the interior of the city, the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area. And I began to see that uh, you know, the nations were there. That there were so many peoples and so many languages, and I also began to look around with the eyes of a minister and to see that there, for so many of these peoples, their, uh, la- uh, gospel access was just lacking. Mm. Uh, there weren't churches in many of the languages that I heard these people conversing in. Uh, there weren't churches in near proximity uh, to many of these peoples.
4: Hmm. Excellent, and Pastor George. Give us your perspective on that. Why a career in ministry? I was, I was in college going uh, a medical,
3: uh, uh, deg- pursuing a medical degree, mm-hmm. and in the middle of that just felt a call to ministry, rearranged my whole life, and just kind of emerged to the point where I am now because of uh, growing up in New York City, just having the sense of the importance of cities, the influence of cities, the impact it has around the world and really feel like this is the the niche right. that God's led me to
4: today. <laughs> I know sometimes, especially in the secular world, business people can look at it like, uh, you know, well, these guys have nothing else to do. You know, they went and they went into ministry, you know. so But it, it's true. It, it's a career path. It's a career choice uh, and something that you have to make a lot of considerations for. It, it's not as cut and dry as some people may think. And so both of you were in other areas and God, you know, tugged on your heart and took you out of those areas and brought you into ministry. And I think that's important for uh, uh, business people, especially, um, uh, you know, the dynamic audience we have to, to understand that uh, um, just like you as a business owner out there, or you maybe an attorney or whatever, have chosen a career path, ministry is also something It's not something you just stumble into, right? Would you agree? No, it's not. It's something you're called to. Yeah, amen. Amen. And, uh, and a calling I know you both uh, appreciate greatly. Re- before we hit the brakes, we only got a real quick minute left. Steve, how's that impacted your family by ch- making this career path choice? You
5: know, it's been stretching a lot of times, but, uh, and, and I, I, you know, certainly uh, trying new things, uh, you know, moving about the country. Uh, but certainly it's uh, been just a phenomenal fulfillment in so many ways. It's opened the door to so many experiences. It's really been an er- enriching journey. Uh, in meeting new people, seeing new places, traveling to different parts of the world, and just seeing, in essence, new markets uh, you know, opened up for the gospel. Mm.
3: And Pastor George, do you have a comment on that? Well, I think it's, it's enriched my life immeasurably just to be around different peoples, different cultures, a chance to travel to uh, other world-class cities to see what's happening in East Asia and in Europe. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, my family's been been blessed uh, by, by this.
4: Well, great stuff. You're listening to Tandem Radio Live. we got so much more to cover in a couple minutes. And we're here today with Pastor George Russ, the Executive Director of the Metropolitan New York Baptist Association, and Steve Allen, who is the lead church planter catalyst with the North American Missions Board's Send New York City team. Um, our title today is The Business Side of Church Planting, and uh, we gave you, a little, gave you a little groundwork to start off. We're going to dig into the business side of what is involved in a church. So if you ever wonder when you look at a church, I know a lot of times, uh, you know, for whatever reasons I'll go into a church and I want to see their financial statements. You know, I want to know what they're doing and how they're doing it. Uh, I've heard somebody say, if you really want to know where somebody's heart is, look at their checkbook, right? So, uh, from a business perspective perspective that's what i looked for when i was one of the things i look for when deciding on a church so we'll be back right after this messages listen up to these sponsors they're good christian business owners that can help you with your business in many many different ways you listen to tandem radio live here every saturday morning at 11 a.m eastern standard time we'll be back right after this
0: The Fellowship of Christian Athletes, FCA, has become a worldwide Christian sports ministry starting back in the 1950s by sports legends like Branch Rickey, Otto Graham, and John Wooden. The vision of FCA is to see the world impacted for Jesus Christ through the influence of athletes and coaches. Billy Graham wrote, FCA has grown into the most extensive ministry of its type in the world. For more information, our FCA link
5: at tandemradio.com.
6: csavsystems.com works with you to find the right mix of technology to help make a greater impact whether you need wireless microphones xm satellite music or sophisticated teleconferencing csavsystems.com can help you enhance your business To find out more about how CSAV Systems can help you look and sound better, the number is 732-577-0077 or online at csavsystems.com, a sponsor of Tandem Radio.
4: Welcome back to Tandem Radio Live. We're in the studio today talking about the business side of church planting. If you just tuned in, this is the good news on business, and we're all about business here at uh, Tandem Radio, and our goal is to help you realize that uh, the word in Scripture has a lot to do with your business life, not just your personal life, and we pray that you would take that into your business in many different ways. And each week we have different guests in, and today we have two special guests in, Pastor George Rust, the Executive Director of the Metropolitan New York Baptist Association, and Steve Allen. Who is the lead church planter catalyst with the North American Missions Board? Send New York City team. I want to just hit the scriptures again today so we know we're on track. Psalm 122, one. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Luke 14.28, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? Acts 9.31, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened living in the fear of the lord and encouraged by the holy spirit it increased in numbers so much we can touch on this topic and i want to get into the business nitty-gritty of this so thank you gentlemen for being here this morning let's talk more about church planning we 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 talked about you know uh what church planning is and obviously the need for it um how does it start does it start with a building steve why why don't you answer that is it really is church planning do you go out there and look for an empty building i mean how does it start
5: yeah, not so much, Glenn. Uh, you know that's a, actually a pretty big misconception. Uh, you know the the, the church is uh, not the church is an otherworldly sort of enterprise, but uh, you know it has to exist in this world, and so um, it it really begins with people. And um, you know most of our church planters are guys who initially begin gathering people. Very seldom do they have uh, actually physical assets like buildings and and uh, great bankroll of resources upon which to draw for their activities. But we see the need both substantiated uh, when they're able to begin gathering a a nucleus of receptive peoples, and that's also uh, kind of the base from which uh, the church begins to spring and the need for facilities and the need for programming and therefore justification for facilities.
4: That's a good point you bring up. They start gathering people. Is that something that you see an individual doing that intently to start a church, or do you see that just happening kind of because the Holy Spirit is bringing these people together? I mean, it's probably both. But uh, but realistically, Steve, when when you, when you see this gathering of people as a first step, right, to decide mm-hmm. about church planting, where do you see that coming from?
5: Uh, it, it very often is uh, one or the other or a little bit of both. I mean, sometimes it's the burden of uh, a man or a person, uh, man or a woman, a uh, family who see the need in a community for that gospel access, and uh, they, they begin to pray and to seek um, you know, the activity of God in that community and begin to talk to people about that vision uh, and, and and a group begins to gather. Sometimes a group just kind of, you know, a group of neighbors or friends or family just kind of see that need and they, they uh, y- you know, that emerges before a leader emerges to, uh, kind of pilot that work in an entrepreneurial way, it's it's sometimes the un, church is sometimes the unintended consequence.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes you have to actually provide the person. So like Absolutely. you know so that they they may be gathering and then they'll say to you, hey, you know, what's the next step? And you say, hey, you need a leader and you go out and you look for that type
5: of thing. Absolutely. And the human resources part of it's a big part of it, just helping identify and vet that leader in a way that uh, will set them up for success.
4: Well Pastor George let's address that for a second the right person to come along you know obviously you've seen all these different demographic groups and and some of them very small especially in New York City where there's I know there's I think thousands right of different demographic groups what happens when a group gets together and all of a sudden, uh, you know, they start to look like a church a little bit? Uh, are they drawing straws? Or are they pulling people out of the air? What, what's your, your thoughts? It, it,
3: it seems like when people get together in, a, in Christian settings, they do it they do essentially several things. They do worship. They do some type of Bible teaching, leadership development, prayer, and discover some sense of mission mm-hmm. and, or purpose. And when that kind of crystallizes for that group, uh, very often a leader or a catalyst or someone, a forerunner will emerge as the person kind of bringing that uh, to bear. And that's when we, we, that's who we look for. That's mm-hmm. who we're trying to train to kind of spot. And once we learn of them or know of them, or sometimes we even may say to to them, have you ever thought about taking this maybe to a, the next level mm-hmm. of a more organized uh, effort to, cut, to to reach people? So,
4: So, you know, much like a business, you know, a business owner would go out and try to find a leader for a department maybe, or like in my case right now, we're looking for salespeople in one of our companies, and and obviously we have to go through an interview process and so forth. So, Steve, let's talk a little bit about that, all right? Um, You mentioned a vetting. uh, We mentioned a calling, you know, so it's kind of a mix of both. So – Somebody let's take both sides of the of the fence. First off, let's start with somebody comes to you and says, "I want to plant a church." Let's focus on that individual first before we get into the other background. How do you know that that's the right guy or gal or the person that you're going to work with? It's a great question, uh, you know. And we don't
5: always know. Uh, the more of those kind of conversations you you have, the earlier you tend to know whether or not mm-hmm. uh, there's really something there to work with. And you know, uh, and honestly. I, you know, I'm I'm more looking to try to try and help a person figure out, okay, where in this calling uh, does God want me involved than I am trying to say, you know, whether or not this person needs to pursue this calling. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of just being that what we call a lead church planter, you know, the lead entrepreneur uh, that's, uh, you know, they're pretty specific set of, uh, competencies for that. I mean, you know, just the visionizing capacity, the ability to articulate that, you know, that compelling vision It has to be has to be a compelling vision also, mm. uh, because it has to be one that they're going to be able to rally people to. I mean, if, uh, if a church planter entrepreneur is a gatherer, then, uh, he has to be able to know how to, he has to be able to recognize a market and be able to dial into that market strategically. And so, Uh, You know, we're looking for, you know, those visionizing, those resiliency, those faith, you know, deep, uh, uh, heartfelt faith uh, type of uh, competencies in a guy, um, those kind of things.
4: So, you know, kind of uh, what I'm thinking of, it's kind of like when I consult with someone who wants to start a business, uh, number one, we're looking to see if they have the entrepreneurial gene to be able to carry this through. And then number two, how well have they thought through this vision for themselves, right? Absolutely. Uh, Seeing themselves in the vision. I know I often refer, I met with someone this week who wants to start a business and and I referred her to uh, the Andy Stanley book, Visioneering, which is one of my favorites. And uh, it really does open your eyes to, it kind of puts you in the picture, you know, so you get people to paint themselves into the picture and realize, is this really, you know, where I want to go?
5: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
4: So uh, are there criteria that you have as far as like, uh, I know sometimes in business we use uh, tests that we give people, uh, personality tests and all that type of thing. Do you have that type of criteria that you work with? Pretty strict
5: screening process. Yeah. Uh, you know, we... Uh, we, uh, our, our formal assessment process, and usually when a guy comes to that, he's already been through kind of an informal, um, pretty pretty thorough interviewing process, uh, albeit informal. But usually when we invite people to kind of a human resources assessment type of uh, environment, they're face-to-face with three experienced uh Church planters, hmm. uh, three guys who've done what this guy is uh, proposing to do, um, and and so we're sitting there trying to speak into his experience and understand his experience, you know, understand his preparation and readiness to engage that task. And so, uh, you know, there are three experienced uh, uh, people listening intently and and trying to filter what he's saying. And there are also a number of uh, instruments really that we're looking for too. You know, we try to. Uh, run them through some uh, temperament instruments and that kind of thing to kind of
4: understand a little bit more about their experience in preparation. So people need to know, and uh, uh, when it comes to church planning, it's not just about whoever seems to know the Bible the best. Oh, He's no. in charge or she's in charge or whatever. Um, Pastor George, let's look at the other side of it. How do we know when the gathering is ready for a leader? In other words, you know, a bunch of people get together, right? Maybe it's a certain language group or a certain ethnic group or whatever. And uh, they get together, and it's starting to bubble, but there's no leader there. How do we know they're ready for a leader? Your thoughts on that? Hmm.
3: Well, uh, I think it's when they realize they've got to go further than where they are. Uh, hmm. uh, it's it's one thing to gather, you know, informally around you know around a Bible around a table, but then to say we sense we're going even further or deeper uh, in our walk. We want to start living out what we're learning together in community in a more uh, a more a dedicated way. Mm. Uh, that's kind of when I think we they, they're saying, help us either find a leader or let's look at someone among us who can emerge or continue to take us even even further
4: and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the numbers aren't the issue, right? It's not the size of the group that really makes the difference
3: No no it's 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 that planter but but his ability to to draw other people to like as Steve said, mm. uh, buy into that vision right and right. Uh, we, we look very carefully at that.
4: Well, in the next segment, I want to talk about more than nuts and bolts, so I want to stay just to finish up this segment on the human side of it, you know, bringing the right people to the table and so forth. So, Steve, we, you get somebody who comes up to you or whatever and says, you know, hey, I want to be, I want to plant a church, I got a group growing, and, you know, this is where I'm at, and you go through this process, right? How long does this process typically take of screening the individuals?
5: Yeah, you know, uh, it, it can take really a, a really varying subjective length of time. It really kind of does. I mean, uh, and and my answer, my standard answer to almost every question is it depends because uh, <laughs> every person is so unique. Every circumstance, every market, uh, you know, has varying degrees of receptivity. And so, uh, really, it it uh, it depends so much upon a number of variables, and and that make that's in part what makes kind of our preparation and and our involvement as catalysts in that process to guide that process uh, really critical. Uh, is having seen a number of instances and b- being able to kind of palpate and speak into the different aspects of you know what needs attention at what given time. But you know, uh, typically you're talking just to give you some kind of framework. Uh, you know, I, I, you may be talking. Uh, Uh, three months. Uh, You may be talking, uh, you know, you may be talking 18 months just for an initial startup, you know, just just to go public. Mm. Um, And then beyond that, you know, really for the work to become established in a community. Usually you're talking, you know, five years.
4: Mm. Now, I, I know a lot of business owners are listening and, and they're they're thinking, you know, well, when do you get to the bottom line? There's obviously money involved in this issue. Uh, there's support. Um, I kind of, I, I saw the process once, you know, in, in what we were working on. That's how I met Steve uh, originally. Um, and it's almost like I equate it to like when I've gone through grant processes uh, to get a grant for from the government or whoever uh, to further a business. And uh, there's a lot of that that goes on. And I want to talk about that in the next segment. And uh, if you're a business owner listening right now, I think you're going to get some real meat in this next segment uh, about how this relates directly to your business and, and how you may use some of these tactics and ideas and uh, apply them to your day-to-day work. We're here today at Tandem Radio Live. This is your host, Glenn DeLakin, here every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I say Eastern Standard Time because I want to welcome not only our listeners in the uh, Six Bridge FM radio station networks, but also those of you who listen online. TandemRadio.com is a great place to listen to what we're doing. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Facebook. We'd love you to go like our Facebook page. You can do that on the break or whatever. But um, the the main thing is tandemradio.com, just filled with resources. You'll have links there to both Steve Allen's ministry and to Pastor George Russ's ministry, and uh, also to our sponsors who are good Christian business owners that want to help you in what they're doing. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: Hi, I'm Deborah Weiss, your certified short sale specialist with Keller Williams Realty. If you owe more on your home than current market value and need to sell for any reason, a short sale might be the answer. Once again, I'm Deborah Weiss with Keller Williams, Jersey Shore, serving Monmouth and Ocean Counties. For more information, my number is 908 670 9896 or online at shortsalespecialistnj.com. That's shortsalespecialistnj.com.
2: You're listening to Tandem Radio, the good news on business. Call our show at 1-800-575-9564 or visit our website at tandemradio.com.
4: Welcome back to Tandem Radio Live, the good news on business. And our topic today is the business side of church planting. And that's what we're going to dig into right now, the dollars and cents business side, because I know as business owners, we often think, uh, first off, uh, where's the money coming from? But uh, we're going to get to that. There's a lot more to it than that. And we're here with our guest today, Pastor George Russ, who is the Executive Director of the Metropolitan New York Baptist Association and oversees over 230 churches in the metropolitan area. And Steve Allen, who is the lead church planter catalyst with the North American Mission Boards Send New York City team. So he's working in the area of uh, planting churches and new churches and so forth, and uh, it's amazing sometimes, I think, you know, as diverse an area we have and as, as congested an area as we have, that uh, we need more churches. But obviously, we talked about that in the first segment. It's very clear that we need it. Let's talk about the nuts and bolts, gentlemen. And again, I thank you for being here. Um, obviously, you know, we talked the last segment about finding the right person, right? Now we get the right person. And uh, the next question is, like I consult to a lot of business owners Many people come to me and say, "Hey, I want to start a business." Like people come to you, Steve, and say, "I want to start a church." One of the first things I ask them is, "Do you have a business plan?" So I understand it's kind of similar for you, right, Steve? So why don't you tell us about that?
5: Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the areas I think that uh, it's kind of a growth edge for us, Glenn. Um, if, if I can back up half a step, and it'll actually kind of recap what you know what we what we do in essence. Uh, catalytically, we're trying to identify. People's or places where gospel access is lacking, and mm-hmm. to connect those in a human resources sort of way with a planter, uh, so we get the people's and places front and the the planter front, and the other front that we work on is the partnership development front, um, and that's a that's a huge piece of what we do, and it, yet it always seems to be sort of a growth edge for us. Um, you know, historically, our agencies, our North American Mission Board and our International Mission Board, have been our primary streams uh, for. Uh, channeling missions giving to new church plants, mm-hmm. and uh, those, come, those resource bases come from uh, the offering plates of Southern Baptist churches uh, worldwide and are uh, channeled and funneled through those two agencies. And so we still very much work with our North American Mission Board and International Mission Board to help channel those resources uh, stewarding the, you know, the giving of uh, individuals and churches. Uh, but, you know, there's a whole nother front uh, that's been developing and uh, one that's really important to our work, and that is um, church-to-church sort of partnerships and seeking mm-hmm. to cultivate a resource base that helps draw upon uh, churches that want to kind of go above and beyond just an offering plate sort of gift uh, to invest and, a, and, and a, you know, uh, flesh of their flesh, bone of their bone, <laughs> help daughter or implant a new, uh, you know, really Uh, own a new community, uh, not own, but, you know, help to entrepreneur or or birth a new community Mm -hmm. uh, of Christians into uh, a place where gospel access is lacking. And so those are two really big pieces of it, the agency piece, the church to church piece. Uh, You know, there are are a number of other ways also. and, and, And quite frankly, a lot of our guys don't come to a lot of even the more entrepreneurial guys uh, don't even necessarily come with a business understanding of the whole enterprise. And so um, that's why I say it's kind of a growth edge for us. It's mm. learning how to help them succeed uh, when, you know, when our expertise on the whole is kind of lacking right. <laughs> uh, a, a bit in that area. But uh, so the, the business plan is always a little bit fluid. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes, uh, uh, anyway, sometimes it's, it's, just better than others.
4: Yeah. You know, I, I find it so important. I kind of relate this directly to when I advise people who want to start new businesses. I tell them, you know, an idea in your head is in the supernatural. It's a spiritual aspect. You're thinking about it. You're excited about it. It's a dream. But if you want to bring it into the real world, the first thing you need to do is write it down. And when you write it down into a business plan, it's now brought it into the real world that other people can actually experience it and see it. And I think it's so important. So... So we have this situation where, you know, you vet this person, you find the right person, and, and and now you're getting them acclimated to the business side of what's going on. And one of the questions you asked them is, do they have a business plan, right? So now when they don't have a business plan, what do you do there? I mean, is that something that you help them to develop? Somewhat. You know, we're somewhat prepared to really uh, engage that. And again, I would say that's
5: that's really, you know, it's, pu- it's, it's putting it generously, to, I think, to say it's a growth area for us because... Uh, you know, so oftentimes it's heavily dependent upon uh, external resources that are that are you know provided for a short period of time. Uh, you, you know, an awful lot of guys who pursue this calling take it on really avocationally. You know, and uh, they, they they do it without compensation, mm. uh, just realizing that you know that God's put it on their hearts to do that. Uh, some of them envision it maybe someday as uh, as being their their permanent vocation. Um, uh, you know, and and uh, but they do it bivocationally many mm. times. Interesting.
4: Um and Pastor George, I, I want to hit on something that Steve said about the church's support, you know that churches mm-hmm. come alongside. Obviously you're overseeing two hundred and thirty churches, plus, I'm sure. but uh, a church comes to you and says, hey we're, we're we got a few extra dollars and we're thinking of planting it into church planning, you know um, is that something that uh, you know is at the forefront? Is that something like you really drilled down with with the church? I mean, how does that impact you? I mean, I mean that would be the thing where you'd now call Stephen, I know, but how does that impact you when you first hear that?
3: Well, a couple of things that the association that I lead does is that we actually budget for church planting. Oh, okay and we budget for that in specific groups. We have we have language groups or culture and ethnic groups that mm. uh, that are organized and do their own church planting plans. and so we try to come alongside that and to provide some seed money to get to get that uh, started. So we're very much involved in the resource development of church planting. Uh, we also, uh, we also have churches that want to specifically support a a, a type of church, so we will will uh, channel their funds to approve church planters, mm. and we're also involved in uh, enlisting other partners. And right. so we have churches from all over the country that call and ask, "Can you help us find the kind of planter or plant that would match where our people's gifts are?" So we mm. uh, we do that all the time. We're we're, we're constantly entertaining. Entertaining guests and potential <laughs> partners to look at planters. So we also develop planters' profiles right. so that these churches can look at and see pictures of uh, the planter and his family and where they are, what what their people group uh, affiliation might be, where they're located, what their plan might be to reach that particular community, and so then we try to match them together.
4: Hmm. Well, let's take a little bit of a jump here. Let's talk about business owners and how they relate to this exactly. I mean, Steve, you mentioned that you know, the, you're know that you on the edge working on this business plan concept. Pastor George, I know you and I have done a lot of uh, uh, legwork in the yeah. business community to um, uh, entice business owners to understand the gospel better, and that, that's one of the reasons why I'm here, actually. Uh, so uh, you kind of, in, in essence, planted the seed kind of when we started working together. But um, um, let's talk about the business ownership side, and I'll start with Pastor George. Uh, how do you feel that a business owner who's at a church can help in this effort?
3: Well, there's a lot of things that are important in in church beginning, and one one would be things like insurance, uh, legal issues. Sometimes mm. if a planter is involved is in need of immigration-type uh, uh, help. So there are real estate agents to find potential uh, sites for, uh, for buildings. Insurance. There's just a, a list of things that, that business uh, people can contribute to the beginning of a church plant. Mm. We also have uh, persons who just graduated uh, law school, University of Buffalo, and is actually going to enter into an underserved community in New York City to try to provide uh, like free legal services oh, okay. mm-hmm. to that community that's, that really needs it. So we have we have needs in education, after-school program, job training, computer literacy. So these are types of uh, entry points into communities mm-hmm. that we need to uh, use the expertise of others to help us get that access to communities.
4: So if you really want to build a, a firm foundation, what you do, you don't want to open this church and it closes six months from now just like a business. You don't want to invest all the time and effort and open a business and it closes six months from now. But it sounds to me like there's a lot of parallels there between starting a business and starting a church. Yes, sure is. There sure is. Sure is. And Steve, what's your perspective on this? How do you feel about this? You know, do you, when you go into a church that says, um, hey, I want to start, I want, we want. We have some money we want to help support, or maybe we have somebody that we want to back up, and, and there's a Spanish community or whatever in our area that's not being served, um, and, and we're ready to go. Do you look for the business owner and say, hey, do you got any business owners involved in this that could really give us some insights?
5: You know, I, I would say we're probably learning to do that, and we're kind of backing our way into that, uh, Glenn, and it's something that certainly uh, some of us are beginning to recognize uh, we have uh, under-realized the value of. Uh, because, you know, I can think of so many examples wherein uh, a church, which is a, it's a voluntary enterprise. It's still a nonprofit enterprise. It costs money, you know, to maintain facilities and to uh, provide a salary for someone who will oversee that work, at least one salary, uh, you, you know, but it's a volunteer enterprise. And so churches do, I mean, the churches that seem to function best are churches that, uh, you know, inspire and leverage the value of their volunteer base within their church. And some of those, some of the, some of the churches that do that best are the churches that tap into the giftedness of uh, their business leaders and, uh, y- you know, entrust uh, some of the inner workings of uh, that congregation uh, to those, uh, you know, in their in their communities, uh, who have business skills and aptitudes, and mm. uh, um, you know, even while we're both, uh, even while churches and businesses are both, you know, have a vested interest in their own respective enterprises, uh, y- you know, the bleed across uh, seems to come wherein you know businesses and churches both have a vested interest in the, in the success and health of their given communities, and so. Uh, just provides, uh, you know, kind of a great arena to work together uh, for not just the success of that enterprise, but for, uh, you know,
4: the good of the community. Mm. I, I love you use the arena analogy, because that's what it is. You know, many times, business owners, and we have a break coming up, but uh, and I love how we're coming out of this segment, and we'll, we'll wrap up in the next segment. But, um, you know, business owners, I challenge you, there is an arena out there that you can be involved in that uh, uh, can can touch on all your strengths and, and stir you like your business stirs you. And, uh, you know, most business owners are are out there. They're in it for the game as well as the gain, you know, Uh, and they like what they're doing. They like the challenge. They like something new every day in the office. And uh, planting a church can be a lot like that, right? I see the heads nodding. Yes, absolutely. So um, business owners, if you're out there listening right now and and, uh, you're trying to think, well, what can I do to be effective in my church? Maybe this is one of the areas that you could be. And church planting uh, can be a lot of fun. I mean, it uh, it really can, especially when God's in it with you and uh, he's going to give you the joy in your heart that you're going to feel strong about it and uh, be motivated by it. And it will help you because it's a learning process as well. It's something unique. So I encourage all business owners uh, that use your skills in, in that area, step up to the plate. And if it's if that's something that's on your heart or you see someone who has it on their heart and you can come alongside and give them some good, solid business advice, what, I, what I'm hearing from both of you this morning is that you're receptive to t- hearing it, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> and that's so important. You listen to Tandem Radio Live, and we're going to be back after these words. We've got a lot more for you on Business Side of Church planning.
6: CSAV Systems can help you look and sound better. Is the word being heard clearly in your church? Do your sound and video presentations make your business look good? Is technology a struggle? You can let csavsystems.com provide the right technology to meet your needs as well as your budget. They've been designing professional sound and video systems for schools, churches, conference rooms, auditoriums, retail malls, hospitals and more for over 25 years. csavsystems.com works with you to find the right mix of technology to help make a greater impact. Whether you need wireless microphones, XM satellite music or sophisticated teleconferencing, csavsystems.com can help you enhance your business. To find out more about how CSAV Systems can help you look and sound better, the number is 732-577-0077 or online at csavsystems.com, a sponsor of Tandem Radio.
1: Hi, my name is George McGovern, director of Athletes in Action in the New York metro area. Athletes in Action is a global pioneer and servant leader in sport ministry. AIA staff and volunteers have shared the gospel with athletes, coaches, and sports fans around the world. Locally, Athletes in Action staff are training godly professional and collegiate athletes to do the same. Whether it's a father-son breakfast, a sports clinic, or a school assembly, AIA creates opportunities for athletes to share the good news. For more information, go to our Athletes in Action link at tandemradio.com.
4: Well, welcome back to Tandem Radio Live. just want to remind you about Ask Tandem. Uh, We have a new program that's just being launched that uh, Cooper Ford is hosting, and uh, we have a lot of fun with that. And if you haven't seen Ask Tandem, I'm not sure, do you have a Facebook page up for that, Cooper? Or is that, uh, it is, all right, I knew it. Cooper had a Facebook page up for Ask Tandem. you got to check that out. And especially if you're a college grad or a college student uh, who's looking to acclimate to business, Ask Tandem, from a college student perspective, uh, can have a Big impact on you. And I know we're doing that along with Cooper Ford, who's with Campus Crusade for Christ. And uh, we just got a lot going on there. So we'll be doing a segment with uh, both uh, Steve Allen and Pastor George Russ right after the show. So uh, make sure you get on Facebook and check out the Ask Tandem. Uh, segments that uh, we got out there on YouTube. And I'll tell you, if you know a college-age student or someone who just graduated college, you're going to love those segments. And uh, we had a lot of fun. We did one in a restaurant the other day, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, Cooper, make sure you don't get that angle of me ever again, okay? But other than that, uh, it's, uh, it's a good program. So we're talking about the business of church planning, and we're all about business here, because it's the good news on business. And I uh, just want to hit the scriptures one more time. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You know, every once in a while I hear somebody say um, that uh, you don't need to go to church to be a good Christian. And uh, I'll tell you, I beg to differ. Um, I, I think you do need to uh, get involved in a church, uh, whether there's one that maybe there's no access point for you, as Steve Allen mentioned, and you need to start one, um, or there's a church in your area, which there probably is, that you need to get to and start building a foundation but I, I think that's very important and obviously uh the, the lord says in psalms 122 one that i rejoice with those who said to me let us go to the house of the lord luke 14 28 suppose one of you wants to build a tower and we just talked about this will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it hey if you have on your heart right now that you want to be in ministry or you want to go out and build a church Look at this very seriously, and you need to talk to people like Steve Allen or like Pastor George who have experience in it, and uh, make sure that you estimate the cost uh, lest you uh, drop the ball. In Acts 9.31, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, which was much of the known world at the time, uh, enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord. And I think this is an important part. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. I think those two things are so critical. And uh, uh, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, I think you need both uh, to make a church plant work, that's for sure, at least in my opinion. So, so we talked about church planning. We talked about vetting the person and finding the right person to lead. We talked about gathering people and how important the people groups are and uh, that they're heading in the right direction. And I know both of you have coached people in, on both sides of that fence. Let's talk about uh, your personal experience in this and, and some of the specific stories about some things that have happened. I'm sure there's a ton of them that are— I know, Pastor Jared. we've talked about many amusing stories, which we'll, like I say we'll have you back and do a show on that alone. But, Steve, let's talk about specifically— um, uh, an example you want to give of, of a church plant that happened that uh, went the way you had hoped it would go, and uh, maybe uh, whatever that you want to fill in on us.
5: Yeah, well, uh, my personal experience in Western New York, I was involved in, in uh, as kind of the lead entrepreneur in two different church plants there, and one was my initial experience without any previous background, and the second uh, actually was much more strategic and premeditated, and actually leveraged uh, as as you know the 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 one of the, the one of the key. People involved in helping uh, plant that church, implant that church in that community, was a business leader um, here in Western, New- here in uh, the New York City metropolitan area, where I've been working for eight years now. Uh, I have the opportunity to work with uh, guys from a lot of different cultures, a lot of different contexts, a lot of di- different demographics, and um, you know, a couple guys in particular come to mind. One in uh, uh, the uh, Washington Heights Inwood area of uh, Manhattan is. Uh, a uh, young man by the name of Rich Perez who was uh, planting Christ Crucified Fellowship up there. Uh, really, he's a young, young guy, a very sharp thinker. He's finding ways to uh, engage, um, you know, a hip-hop generation mm-hmm. in that uh, in uh, in that community. And I uh, happened to be uh, in town the other day when uh, I heard that Richard and his teaching pastor, Andy Minio, who is a uh, professionally recorded hip-hop artist, oh, really? uh, was releasing his album, and they were doing a release party in I uh, went up to Washington Heights, Inwood, uh, where uh, I, I saw uh, that night, uh, you know, a storefront, a cafe that had just graciously opened up their, you know, their storefront to uh, this new church uh, to Andy Minio and and Andrew Rich who was emceeing this event and uh, the room was just packed with uh, uh, mostly Hispanic young people. Mm. Uh, they're from Washington Heights and uh, and and what they were hearing uh, what they were hearing they said was dope. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was it was very much does uh, that it, work, Luke? <laughs> it was very much uh, you know what they meant by that was uh, you know it was solid. It was right on. It was uh, it was enjoyable. It was professional. It It spoke to who they were, but it also... Uh, communicated a clear Christian message uh, about uh, what that church uh, proposes to do and be in that community and how those young people can be involved in that.
4: Mm, there you go. Perfect example about hitting the right market, hitting the right demographic with the right leadership, Absolutely. right, and uh, being on target with that. And, and you know, again, the Bible's very clear. You need to be all things to all people to be able to preach the gospel in a, in a larger spectrum. And Pastor George, I, I'm, I'm sure you have uh, many stories, but why don't you share one with us of... Uh, Maybe something where a business owner uh, or an entrepreneurial type person got involved in church planning and uh, uh, did some unique things.
3: Great. Well, Glenn, through this whole conversation, uh, Steve and I—we've worked so closely together in all of the aspects we've just we have been discussing. And one of uh, one that's in particular uh, kind of exciting to me and very creative is a Spanish pastor uh, in Queens who is a, a licensed contractor. Uh, he actually runs a business mm. uh, during the day of doing construction work around the city, has a crew, uh, has helped us in a lot of ways in our own building, uh, has a, has actually a, a vision and a heart for peoples around the world. So he and the Spanish pastors have decided to sponsor a young woman uh, from, 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 uh, who's now in our area. She is pursuing a cosmetology degree or training and, uh, they are going to actually uh, use their contacts and resources to place her in a major Middle Eastern city as a business owner, hmm. to open up a uh, a hair salon. Oh, wow. And uh, as a, pa- a way to finance that, this pastor and friends of his have opened up a, a fast food Spanish restaurant. Oh, yeah. And uh, the profits from that restaurant are actually going to help provide her living expenses while she is on the field uh, hmm. overseas. So it's Really interesting Interesting to see how uh, business owners and how their creativity and how they can uh, match things up like that and say, here's how we want to uh, contribute to the beginning of a new congregation halfway across the world.
4: Well, I love how you said match that up. You know, it, it's interesting because I know business owners, one of the common things, I think, with people in general, when they go into a church, um, if they don't feel used of their gifts, you know, they kind of fade away. They, they fade into the background at first, and then they don't even stay with the, with the church because I feel that they're underutilized. And, you know, I, I think one of the things that I get when, when I hear, you know, the Bible say, feed my sheep— I think part of feeding people is to feed their gifts and and to let them use those gifts and express themselves. And and many times I find business owners feel stifled, especially in maybe more orthodox churches where they come in for their 45-minute service and they leave. You know, They really don't get to use their business acumen uh, in that application. But I love what you're saying. They took their skills and what they knew and what they did and said, hey, how can we make this for the glory of God and uh, made it all work together? That is amazing. And uh, I'm sure there are many, many other stories that you have um, about church planning so Steve tell us from a business perspective uh, when it comes to the business side of church planting and church planning in general business good it's going well
5: Glenn I would have to say you know that uh, there have been you know some uh, some there's been some real traction in recent years in fact uh, some of the research that's uh, recently been published uh, that j- just completed last year or actually uh, the first segment of it was just completed last year talked about how that um, Evangelical adherence, and what I mean by evangelical, Bible Bible believing, uh, you know, uh, gospel teaching type of ministry, um, has actually grown in the New York City metro. And the evangelical adherence has grown from less than 1% to greater than 3% over the last 20 years. Uh, and that that's based upon actual survey evidence of, uh, you know, a significant proportion of uh, Manhattan. And uh, it's an ongoing research. But um, you know the uh, uh, the same study revealed that 40 percent of the churches in existence today in that 100, 120 130 blocks uh, you know swath of uh, Manhattan 40 um, percent of those churches that are in existence today have been planted since uh, 2001. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, it's amazing, and I'm glad to hear business is good. And uh, like I told you, the segments go fast, and we're already out of time. So I want to thank wow. Pastor George for coming in, and, and Steve Allen for coming in. I wish you much success. Uh, our prayers go out to you and and your efforts because it's a powerful effort. And I'm glad to hear business is good uh, for you because uh, one of my companies serves churches, so I love to hear that on both sides. And yes, especially, yes, in especially in today's especially in today's market where there's so much doom and gloom. You know, my wife says, you know, it's refreshing to hear you come home from home from work and you say the company's growing. Growing, you know, because you just she's, she's a council, Christian counselor and she hears all the time about the difficulties out there. But I'm here to glad to hear from you that business is good and there's great opportunity there for many of us. And uh, uh, I'm glad that uh, the both of you are here today and I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, keep in mind that you can reach uh, George Russ as, uh, at the Metropolitan New York Baptist Association. And if you Google that, their website comes right up. And uh, you can also reach Steve Allen um, at the North American Missions Boards, right? Send uh, New York City team and Both of them can be reached through a link on our website, tandemradio.com. So again, gentlemen, thanks for coming in today. Thank, thank you plan. so much. Plan. And uh, fun. Uh, thank you all for listening today. It's been another fun show. We're here every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time talking about the good news on business. If you have any questions or anything you'd like uh, us to help you with, info at tandemradio.com. Send an email at info at tandemradio.com, and we'll uh, possibly get you on the air or answer your question for sure and get it back to you. Have a blessed day. Thank you for the team for being in today, Cooper, Lucas, and welcome, Allie. we got so much more to do in the months ahead, and we're excited about it because God's behind it. The Good news on business tandem radio live here every saturday morning you've been listening to the good news on business a tandem radio live broadcast heard
2: here on the bridge fm radio network and streaming at tandemradio.com don't forget to join us every saturday at 11 a.m to 12 noon eastern standard time and call us and email us with your questions because we'd love to hear from you you can also visit our website for the latest blogs from peter and glenn along with other information about upcoming guests, events, and business opportunities. I'm Kevin Reeves, and from everyone at Tandem Radio, we hope that you have a blessed week. And remember, walk with the Lord every day, in every way.